Four Points Online. We are so honored that you're with us here today. And if God has used this ministry to change your life, we want to hear about it. So go to fourpoints.org slash mystory and tell us. You know what, it's because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom. If you want to give and be a part of what God's doing here at Four Points, go to our website and choose the safe and secure option. Or you can download our app and give there as well. And now we are so excited about hearing a powerful word from God today. Today is going to be a fun one. We're starting a series on the book of Galatians. We're going to do it until Labor Day, and I'm excited about it. It's going to be uh, maybe a little bit different than anything we've done in the past. And if you're used to hearing series on books, this one might be a little different on Galatians than you've heard in the past as well. So pretty excited about that. Before I really get cranked up, I want to say a few things. First of all, I saved this for right now. I'm getting out my phone, as you can see, and I'm on Facebook, and I don't know if it'll pop up because it might not want to work with me, but I want y'all to do this, if y'all will. Um, we live stream we live stream our services. Let me see if I can find it. We live stream our services, and most of the time during the service, it's the first thing that pops up. And since I'm going to show you, it's going to take forever and not pop up, so I'm about to put it away. But I just want to encourage y'all, if, if God's moving in your heart, share. If you have social media, share it. Because um, keeping something to yourself never gets the word out. And so right now it's doing this, so it's not going to work. And so never mind what I'm telling you, but... but we live stream every service, and so if you press share, other people will see it, whether they're in our community or around the world. And so even during the week, we got an amazing team that does our social media. I literally do not touch it. And with the students, with the kids, with our worship, and with our main Four Points page, all of those pages, they do such a great job. And so if God's moving in you, if there's a word, if there's a message, if there's a song, if there's anything, y'all just share it. And I'm asking y'all to use your voice, even if it's just the click share button on your phone, and that'll spread the word in Jesus' name. Is everybody good so far? Yeah. Awesome. So if yours will pop up, you can share right now our live service, but mine wouldn't work. So praise the Lord for the internet. But a couple other things, a couple other things. Just an update on the promise. In a couple weeks, in a couple weeks, we're going to have an announcement that we're very excited about. Two weeks from right now, we have an announcement that we're very excited about. And so I want y'all to prepare your hearts because ours are prepared. and We're pumped to show it and share it with you. And just so you know, um, I checked right before we came in just to make sure that I wasn't going to give you false information. But the land down the road, we owe still about just over half a million dollars on that land. We're paying on it each month. We have a five-year contract with our with the landowner, and when that ends, we can either go to a bank, but I believe it's going to be paid off way before that. Come on, somebody. And then as soon as that's paid off, we'll see what we're going to do from there, and we'll talk about that in two weeks, and I don't want to give too much away. But just so you know, if you give to the Promise Campaign, if you give to that, I just want to tell you that every single dollar is going straight to what we're doing about a half a mile down the road and then the future building when it's time. And we're not in a hurry but we're urgent and excited. Come on, somebody. So I just wanted to update y'all and tell you we're excited and we're pumped and ready to roll. Now, Galatians. Galatians is a book in the New Testament, and it's 
specifically a letter that Paul wrote to this group of people. Now, I want to tell you real quickly where Galatia, Galatia is. Galatia is not a city. It's a region. It's kind of like a state, kind of like South Carolina would be in America, but a little bit bigger. In Turkey, in modern-day Turkey, it would have been the very center of it, and it would have been like a sliver right in the middle. It was kind of skinny and long. So if you're looking at a map, if y'all have ever seen the movie Troy, or you know the, the story of, of Greece versus Troy and how they fought against each other and the Trojan horse and all that stuff, that's on the far east coast. This is, this is in the middle. Ephesus and Troy are real close to each other, so you can kind of get a picture of where we're dealing with geographically. But this region was super important because people would travel through Galatia. And so this group of people, made it was made up of actually a few cities that were real important, but this was one people that he was writing to, one corporate church. So it wouldn't be like to the church of four points because that's one church. This was lots of churches, lots of people. And he was writing this letter to give them specific instructions. And the main theme through the book and it's really not a book, so I don't want to call it that. The main thing through this letter is what it means to have freedom in Christ, what it really looks like to have freedom in Jesus. And so today what I want to do is start off at the beginning of it, and then, and then we're only going to cover just a small portion of it, but I really think this one is so important, so I'm so glad you're here today because it's going to build from here, and it's going to be fun. And so the title of my message today is Justified. Everybody say Justified justified, justified. That's kind of the, the theme of the beginning of this book or this letter, I mean, in Galatians, justified. When I think of the word justified, I think of a couple things. First of all, there was a TV show recently called Justified, and some of y'all may have seen it. You don't have to go back and watch it. It's not that great, but it was a pretty good show. But, but I, I think back through what justified actually means, and I, I think to myself, how many times have I tried to justify my own actions? Think about what I'm saying. How many times in my life, I want y'all to think about your own life for a second. How many times in your life when you're doing something, do you try to make sure that you explain yourself so that everybody knows that you're right? There's a little murmur right there. I didn't get any, I didn't get a lot of agreement, but I felt the, you know what I'm talking about. I've noticed this, I've noticed this. I noticed that no matter who we're talking about, from the big, brash, sure-of-themselves personality to the very meek, mild-tempered personality types, that when we're not sure about something, we make sure we explain ourselves completely so that everybody knows that we are right, justified. My brother Wade Rohn, he's going to give a shout-out. That we're, that we're right in our actions, so we want to make sure that everybody in the whole world knows, look, look at me, look what I'm doing Right. Ultimately, I just, I just want to give away something right away. Ultimately, the reason we do this is because we're so unsure of ourselves. We're insecure that we have to make sure that everybody else knows that we are secure. So we got to prove that we are right. And I know I'm not the only one in the room that feels that. Because every day in our actions, we'll do it. Even to the point, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but y'all better talk to me in here because I know I'm not the only one. Even to the point that when we're disciplining our kids, we will explain to them why we're doing it. For real, I, I can't be the only one. I'm talking about a 10 and a 6-year-old. 
and I'm going to sit down and explain to them. Now, I'm not talking about having Jesus talk at the back end of it. No, 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 no. I'm talking about when it's happening, and I'm losing my mind. There is no way that happened. And this is why I feel this way, and you should, what? They're 10 and 6. They don't need an explanation. No, no, no. I'm not really giving them an explanation. I, I feel the need to, I feel the need to tell you why I'm doing what I'm doing because I'm not sure if what I'm doing is right. And ultimately, I believe this is the deal. Ultimately, it's because I aim to prove that I'm right. I aim to show the world that I'm right. Can we just talk for a second? The answer is yes, so y'all just say yes. I just ask y'all to share stuff on social media. If y'all do get on there, and if you don't have one, just don't, okay, for real, because it'll make you so sad. Because y'all can love me, and then if I do one thing that you disagree with, I have to explain myself for three days, and it doesn't get anywhere, and we just butt heads and disagree, and then the whole world will come against you, and it's crazy, and then we got to justify and justify and justify every single thing that we do, and it's unbelievable, and it makes me so sad, and I just watch people who, I don't believe I see it in this room, praise God, but, but so much, y'all see it so much in this world, I see people that just hate each other, and, they, and, and, and the whole thing is, I'm going to argue my way to show that I am right. I'm aiming to show the world that I'm right. Who cares? Who cares if I'm right? If everything that I do, I have to prove myself by talking too much. I ain't proving nothing. And this is what happens. I need y'all to get this part. So the result is I start making stuff up. Listen to me. I think most of us in this room don't start out our conversations or our days thinking I'm going to lie my way through this deal. But when someone doesn't believe what our truth is, we'll figure out how much we got to stretch it to make sure somebody believes what we're saying. So all of a sudden, the fish that I caught that was really about this big, come on, it starts growing. You know what I'm talking about? Because I got to make sure that you know that I'm right in this. And so we'll make stuff up. And we would say this to anybody, but I didn't mean to lie about her. What I said was true, even though I might have fabricated it a little bit while it was in this and this, but, 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 what I, but this part was true. And I need you to know the danger in what I'm saying right now. That's exactly what Satan does. Satan rarely takes something that's totally false and throws it in your face. He'll take something that is true and then fabricate it like, surely you can eat of this tree. Surely you won't die. And whenever I do it in my own life, the whole aim, the whole thing, the thing that I desire is not, and, and, and this is too raw probably, but I'm just telling you the truth. The, the whole truth is I'm not thinking about God at all in these moments. I need you to think highly of me because I get a God complex in my own life that I want to be right. I want to be justified in my actions. I want everybody to think highly of Mark. And it gets awkward. It's awkward to talk about. It's awkward to do. Here's what's interesting about Galatians. Galatians 1 starts with this conversation that Paul's having. In, in most of his letters, he starts out with this introduction and this nice greeting. And Paul immediately goes into this. A few verses into Galatians 1, he's like, listen, 
y'all are making stuff up. This thing that you're believing is craziness because y'all are just adding to and adding to and adding to and adding to, and you don't understand what it really means to follow Jesus. You feel the need to add to the gospel, and he literally uses this word. It's a false gospel. It's not the real thing. You've missed the point, and in order to do so, you, you try to find justification or to be justified by what you do. And he said, you can't do it. You're missing the whole point. And then the back end of one and the beginning of two, Paul gives this, this explanation of why he's an apostle. He is not justifying it. It's totally different. What he's saying is the reason that God has ordained me to this and the reason you should heed my advice is the following things. And then he leads into one of the most famous passages ever. One of the most famous passages in, in Galatians chapter 2. The just shall live by faith. If you are in this room, most likely you are a Protestant. This is the verse and the verses. This is the area of the Bible that our Protestant faith started in in the 1500s. Before this, it was works only. And people realized, oh my goodness, this must be the real answer. And I just want y'all to get what Paul said in Galatians chapter 2, starting in verse 15. He says, we ourselves are Jews. But he's writing to a bunch of people that weren't Jewish. He said, by birth, not Gentile sinners. Yet, we know that a person is not, what's this word? Justified. Say it again. Justified. A person is not justified by works of the law but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ, Jesus, in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Because by works of the law, no one will be justified. No one will be justified. But, everybody say but. but. And this is something that we should all highlight, circle, star, like, if you have a Bible, I encourage you to underline this because I'm telling you this defines us. He says, but if, but if in our endeavor to be right in our own eyes, in Christ, we too were found to be, everybody say sinners. Sinners. Ha, huh, we're going to have fun with that word in a minute. Is Christ then a servant of sin? And he's like, No. Certainly not. Like you missed the whole point. So what is the point? Sin. Sin. Anybody nervous yet? <laughs> I'm not going to shoot you, I promise. I'm not going to shoot anybody, anything. I'm not even going to shoot my target. Here's what's so cool about the Bible, is if we can understand the Bible... We can get something that we never thought about before. Like, like, the point is when we read this or when, if you grew up in church, you heard your whole life, you're a sinner saved by grace. Right? Am I? <laughs> Come on, somebody. But what does that even mean? It, the, the word sin in the Greek is literally an archery term. This part of Galatia was such an influential military place. That when the people were reading this letter that Paul wrote, nobody thought bad or good. Nobody thought bad or good. Everybody heard him say to miss the mark. As if I were about to pull back and shoot. And I missed the mark. And I missed the target. I missed the point. 
And in my own life, when, when, and here's the truth. I wish I could say when I was a kid. But the reality is, <laughs> I'm turning 38 years old this week for almost 38 years. What I thought when it came to sin or don't sin was I've got to do more. I've got to be better. I've got to think differently on my own. Things have to change. I am so bad. I've got to quit. And I never had this in mind. But, but here's what's funny. Here's what's funny. When I think about missing the mark and I think about trying to be justified in my own actions, what comes to my mind is what I'm trying to do is show you, hey, everybody, give me your attention, please. Look, I'm about to hit the right thing, but the mark's over there. Look, 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 look. I'm aiming to show you that you should vote this way. I'm aiming to show you that, that you should not like that president. I'm aiming to show you that those people are wrong and they're crazy. And all of you should aim where I'm aiming. And we love to point out how we, meaning not me, <laughs> I don't like to point out what I'm doing. I like to point out what you're not doing. We love to point out how each other is shooting bad. You know what I'm talking about? Like, why are you drawing your bow back that way? You're supposed to hold it just right. And you're supposed to not move your head. And you're supposed to cock your head this way. And you're supposed to aim through the blah, blah, blah. And you're supposed to do all these things, right? But you're, but you're not doing it right. And so it's good for me to tell you that you should be doing it like me. But what I failed to realize in what Paul's saying here is you don't get to be the mark. You don't get, I get to be the mark, but that's another point for another day. <laughs> Some of y'all get it when you get home. It's okay. <laughs> but I don't get to be the goal. I don't get to be the aiming point. And it's frustrating. It's frustrating because if we could all just be honest in this room, we would say at some point, I want to be the ultimate prize. I want to be the goal. I want to be what people can shoot at. And not in a bad way, but in a good way. I want to be, I want to be right. And Paul's saying here, listen, that ain't the point. And you've missed it all together. As a matter of fact, the next verse is so fascinating. I'm just going to keep the bow and arrow. Because this is so crazy what Paul's saying here. And so many of us miss it because we don't think of sin what it really is. He said, if I rebuild, everybody say rebuild. rebuild. And see, when I read that, I just think, what is he talking about rebuild? What I tore down, I prove the thing that I'm aiming to do in the first place to prove that I'm right, I actually prove to be a transgressor, which just means sinner again. I prove the opposite of what I'm trying to prove whenever I rebuild. This is what rebuild actually means. Look at this. To edify or build up someone, someone, not thing. Edifice is literally this word. And it's what your body is called. This is, a, this is the house of God, everybody. 
Whether you love Jesus or not, the point in your life is to host and hold the spirit of the living God when you follow Jesus. Whenever I try to prove to you how right I am and I start justifying myself in what I do, here's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to rebuild what God tore down so that he could build me up. So this is what happens in my life, right? Every day. Yo, I wish... The reason I felt so excited about this message is I just thought, how freeing is this? Sin isn't all the bad things we do. Sin is aiming wrong. Sin's missing the point. Sin is believing that this thing falls on me at all. When it never fell on me, it fell on what we sang about right before I came up. The mighty cross. To aim to build myself up, I'm not making this up, was the literal translation underneath when I started digging more. It's what the root actually means of build myself up. How many times in your life can you identify where you hope that someone could see? I almost did real bad right there. <laughs> that someone could see how right you were. Look, pay attention. I'm going to get this right. And you pull back and you make sure that you've got it honed in because I'm going to hit the bullseye this time. Look, everybody, make sure you're looking at me. So we start doing things like this. We start doing things like asking God. I feel this burden that you've called me to do. So why is it taking so long? Now, listen to me. Like this is about you, God. I'm going to put your name on this, Jesus' name. Like, this is all about you. And I'm pulling as hard as I can trying to make this happen, so why don't you do it? And we force it, and we force it, and we force it, and we're aiming all over the place, y'all. We're looking at everything but where God intends for us to look. But we scream to the world, look, I'm hitting the target. What's wrong with you? I don't care that you grew up different than I did. I don't care your background. I don't care anything about you. You're supposed to care about me. This is my world. And if you could see my, my notebook, you would see all the good prayers that I'm having with Jesus right now. I'm hitting the mark. I did my quiet time this morning. I'm reading the Bible in 90 days right now. Jesus give me extra bonus points for awesomeness. Because I'm double, I mean, that's two arrows at once. Actually, it's about three. There's so much time. Jesus, you're welcome. I just feel really led that I'm supposed to preach this right now. You know what happens? I'm going to do it without the arrow so I don't shoot y'all. You know what happens in our lives? Is we really have good intentions, don't we? We really have good intentions to show the world that Jesus is the way. And we come out ready for battle, putting on the full armor of God, Ephesians 6. We're doing his thing, but yet what happens is since we're not aiming at the correct target, we end up shooting each other. I'm going to tell you something right now. If a person has ever been the target, Satan's winning, especially a follower of Jesus. I don't care what the follower of Jesus has been. If without humility and grace we attack another human being, 
watch this, no matter what they've done to us, if the only thing I can do is point out how someone else is wrong, then a false gospel has hit my heart. Then what is good news has become pretty good news until you agree with me. Because I'm looking at the wrong target. If the target in my life is ever that you think I'm right, I'm in trouble. If the target in my life is ever that you think you get the answers just from Mark, I'm in trouble. If the purpose that I preach this gospel is so that you walk away and think, man, he's got the answers. I'm in trouble. If the way that I raise my children is so that my children are reliant on Mark and not on the Holy Spirit, I'm in trouble. I pray over my kids every day, y'all, every single day. God, I'm thankful that I get to borrow these children for a few years. But this is your Samuel. And I can't wait to give him back to the high priest because I'm letting y'all know that I don't meet with a high priest in person. My high priest is seated on the right hand of God. And I get to give them back because they're on borrowed time. And I don't want my children living in my house when they're an adult. To God be the glory. <laughs> but if I'm not careful, what I'll hope is that I am the hero of the story. And whenever you don't love me the way that I think you should, the ones that God has called me to, I turn on you. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've said this myself, only to have deep conviction this very week. Christians are the only army in the world that shoot their wounded. The conviction that I had in my heart is how many times out of my own pious nature and pride have I been the one turning on you. Doing the shooting. So the question has to be asked, if I'm looking at the wrong target, what's the right target? I'm glad you asked that. Thank you for asking. Look at what Paul said to the Roman church in Romans chapter 3. And if you're a Christian in this room, you've quoted this a hundred times, but I bet you we've missed the point. It says, for all have, what's this word? Miss the mark and fall short of the glory of God. That's the target. That's the mark, which, by the way, is impossible. It is not humanly possible to hit on my own. No matter how much I justify myself, no matter how hard I try, no matter how many good things I do, I cannot be God's glory. But I'm justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is Christ Jesus. It's in him. Watch this. It's in him and through his shed blood. I get the redemption called grace that changes me. And then all of a sudden, this is what happens. This is crazy, y'all. The word glory in the New Testament, it's where we get doxology from. It's the doxa is literally what it translates. This is all it means. The essence or worth, the weightiness or the, or the persona of who God is. When I'm aiming to be good and I hold it up at the target, I've missed the point that it's, that's not glory. And that's not what I'm aiming for. And I'm not even aiming to be the glory of God. Watch this. When you are saved and Christ Jesus changes your life, he puts 
on you his glory. You become his glory. He changes everything. So you don't have to aim to be this. You get to walk in this. I don't have to aim to be good. I just got to aim at Jesus. And actually, the definition or an understanding, I mean, of, of glory was found in the first, in John chapter 1. John 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and He was God, and He was with God in the beginning. All things were made from Him, and nothing that has been made was made but through Him. He's the only one. And it was life, and the life was the light of all men. And then we skip down to verse 14, and it says, and the Word became flesh. Jesus became a human being and lived among us. And we have seen His, say it again, we've seen God's glory Glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. You're like, well, I've never seen Jesus in person. Yes, you have. You've experienced him every single day of your life. You just might have missed it because you were aiming at the wrong thing. But we have something so much better than what the people in this day had. The people in this day did not have the word to stand on. The word was with them, but the Holy Spirit is in us. The very essence of God lives inside of you. The aim is not to be good. The aim is to yield and not miss the mark. The mark was never about omitting things and committing things before it was forgetting things. We forget God and try to be good. There are two different ways that we sin in our lives. Sins of omission. And y'all have heard this in court before. The prosecution is charged with an omission of guilt. That, that you can't withhold new factual information. And so if something comes in, even if it hurts your case, you got to bring it to the table. So many times I omit what? Putting God first in my life because I want you to see me. And then commission, and, and we can go through a laundry list of sin, y'all, because there's several things that we struggle in. But if you focus on not doing the bad over focus on God's glory and what he's put on you, then you'll miss the mark every day and go, I'm trying, God. What's the problem? You can't try hard enough. You can never try hard enough. And in Galatians 2, the very next verse, he gives us such an unbelievable picture of, of how this takes place. He says, through the law, even as a Jewish person, even as a person who had understanding about the Bible more than I ever will, he said, through the law, I died to the law. I don't try to fulfill it. Jesus fulfilled the law so that I might live to God. I'm aiming at him and him alone. Paul's hope was not to get everybody to like him. Paul said, I only boast about one thing, and it's the cross and Jesus crucified. That's it. I don't care if you think I'm a great orator or author, and I don't even think Paul considered himself an author, but letter writer. I don't care if, if people think that I, that I am awesome because if people touched a handkerchief, there were people that were healed from sicknesses just touching Paul's handkerchief, and he was like, who cares? It's only because the glory of God is on me that that happens. Nothing. I did not raise those people from the dead. I did not heal those people. God healed those people and happened to funnel it through Paul is what he would have told us, I believe. 
Why? So that I might live to God. I have been, everybody say this word. Say it loud. I've been crucified with Christ. So it's, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in this fleshly body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's it. I mean, period. There's no additions needed. As a matter of fact, that was what Paul was starting to letter with. Stop adding things that don't need to be added. Certainly there's some things that God, listen to me, God will cut out. God will change the human being's heart. There are sins in my life to this day that I know God is going to convict my heart and show me you're aiming wrong, Mark. But if the only thing I do in my life is show you how bad you are, but not show you what it can be, I don't believe that you can ever change just hearing how awful it is because that's aiming at the wrong thing. I'm convinced that if we ever get how great God is, that Jesus looked down on a bunch of people who were honestly at our core rotten. We are so desirous of people knowing how great we are and knowing how right we are and hiding things behind so no one finds out our crap. That my best day, I'm still filthy rags in the eyes of God on my own. Yet, God demonstrated his great love for us so this could happen. Christ died on that cross. Here's what I think the problem is, y'all. My entire life, I look back at it and I was thinking this week, my God, I spent so much time stressing about I don't want to do anymore that I've aimed and aimed and shot and missed and shot people even though I love them with spiritual arrows and daggers when the only point of this whole thing was to point it at Jesus to realize that he's the mark he's everything that his spirit is alive in me and that the only way I can walk in a manner worthy of my calling is to make sure that I'm aiming at him yeah but what if people are talking about you you'll never get everybody on the same page pointed at Jesus I just think this is so powerful that Paul said, I press on toward the mark in Christ Jesus. He said, I forget what's behind me and I press on, Philippians 3, toward the mark, toward the high calling, which is Christ Jesus. Y'all, that dude could have told us all the stuff that he had accomplished in his life, but he said, no, I just look at one thing. On my best day and on my worst day, no matter what's been taken from me or what's been added to me, none of that matters. It all matters deeply when we talk one-on-one -on -one and we love you and we are not downplaying what's happened in your life. But what I'm telling you and I am going to tell you, I'm going to shout it from the mountaintop. You can aim at whatever you want to aim at, but we can't take it away. We can love on you in the middle of your mess. We can celebrate with you in the middle of success, but none of that is the point. He's the point. And if you ever get your eyes off the point, you may hit a target. It's just not going to be the right target. I came here today to tell somebody that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life, and no one can come to God except through him. And until that becomes what you're aiming at, you'll be frustrated the rest of your life.
And the way that we walk in freedom is that you get in the starting blocks. You get in the starting blocks and you take your first step. Y'all, I'm telling you, in a crowd, there's this many people in a room. There's a bunch of you that you've aimed your entire life to try to do good and try hard and go to church and none of those things are the mark. None of those things are the target. Jesus giving you new life is the point. So I just wonder in this room if anybody would be honest enough to say, I'm tired of missing the mark. I want to acknowledge that my whole life I've missed the point, that I can never be good enough, but Jesus dying on the cross was all the sacrifice that was needed to make me right standing with God, to make me justified. The penalty has been paid in the blood of Jesus. Now I just acknowledge that he's Lord, and that's all I have to do to get in the race, to start this journey. Because many of you know all about God, but you've never gotten in the race. By saying, you're my Lord and you're my Savior, and I call you today to change me so that I can hit the mark in Christ Jesus. Will you bow your heads? I just want to know who would honestly say, I'm ready. I don't care what people think around me. I'm not trying to justify my actions or deeds any longer. I don't want to try to be good enough. He's all Jesus Lord. I'm ready for him to change my life. I'm ready to give him my life in, in Jesus' name right now. I confess that he's my friend and my savior. I need him to save me. If that's you, just throw your hand up in this room. I believe there'll be many people in this room. You be the first one. I need Jesus to save my soul. Thank you. I see your hand. Who else? I need Jesus to save me. Who else is bold enough to say that right now? I need Jesus to save my soul. Come on, young people. Come on, friends all around. Thank you. I see your hand, sweetie, on the front row. Who else? I need Jesus to save me right now. Right now. I want to do this right now. I just want to pray, and I want you to pray with me. I want you to pray with me. And if you mean it in your heart, God doesn't save a prayer. God saves your heart. So this isn't a supernatural prayer that only Mark can pray. This is something similar to what I prayed when I was about to turn 17 years old and God changed my heart. And so what I want you to do right now, everybody, is just pray this loud and proud. Every person in the room, I want you to pray it loud and proud. You've been a Christian for 50 years. I still want you to pray it out loud because we're going to celebrate with these at least four people that have just, that have just acknowledged they want to be saved. And together we're going to pray this. Lord Jesus, I admit that I've missed the mark. But today... I acknowledge that you're the point. You died, you rose again, and you saved me by your blood. I love you, Jesus, because you love me first. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Listen, if in your heart you meant, you meant any of that, but you called him Lord, I believe you're saved. You don't have to get one of our bags with a gift. You don't have to turn a card in. I just believe you're saved. And if you did that and you didn't raise your hand, I don't care about that. That does not matter to God. Take the back of your worship, God. Fill it out. Acknowledge that you've trusted Jesus as Lord today and let us help you. We're not going to scare you. We're actually developing curriculum for, for brand new baby Christians so that we can show you we're all missing the mark, y'all. We're all sinners. But each of us are going to walk this thing out 
And in Christ Jesus, we're going to change everything. Because when we enter a room, we're not going to be the point. We're going to show people who the point is in Christ Jesus. So y'all just fill that out. Fill the card out that you were given on that clipboard, the four of you that acknowledge by raising your hand saying you want to follow Jesus. But listen, every single person in here, you listen to me. If you didn't get saved today, that means you're already a follower of Jesus. You will struggle the same way you've struggled your entire life until, until Jesus is the target. So God, we acknowledge that we can't do this on our own and we're tired. We're tired of pulling back the bow as hard as we can to show the world how right we are. We just want to show the world that you're the right way, that you're the only way, that you're the only truth, that you're the only life, and that no one can come to the Father except through you. So God, will you just change our hearts so that the glory that is on us, that you give us, that our value, we don't have to to prove ourselves. You've given us your value that we don't have to be insecure. We're secure in you and that we begin to walk in freedom and chase the mark in Christ Jesus. We walk in a manner worthy of our calling, Lord Jesus. So Lord, we receive your grace. We receive your reign. We stand up and say, Lord, there is a cloud beginning to swell and we receive it, God, so that we can show everybody that you're the point. So Jesus, move in our midst so that the world can know that it's only and always about Jesus. We love you in your awesome name. Amen.